Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. The Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Bringing you the latest from the world of daily fantasy sports and gambling. So you can stop Googling how to join a squid game to cover all those parlays you thought were such a sure thing. Now, sit back and listen to one of the sharpest minds in the game. Here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Hello and welcome to the show, everyone. I am your host, Dwayne Callender. We are now into April and... On a Ben Simmons watch, the answer is still waiting. Still waiting for Ben Simmons to appear, the world's most expensive ball boy and energy guy. High-fiving everyone is has still yet to make an appearance in the NBA this year. Meanwhile, he is filed, well, he has already filed uh, the proceedings uh, essentially have not started yet. He filed a grievance against the Philadelphia 76ers about the mental health and distress that is causing him to not be able to play in the NBA this year. Meanwhile, we are rapidly approaching the final week of the NBA season. You know, I don't know what else to say, but this is a colossal disaster if you're the Nets. You made this trade to get rid of James Harden because Kevin Garnett could. I mean, I, I'm saying Kevin Garnett. I'm Kevin Garnett definitely would have been able to sort this situation out. Kevin Durant, uh, rather, was completely unable to resolve the Kyrie Irving James Harden situation. Not that uh, it's an easy one to resolve because. You've got temperamental Kyrie and James Harden, who basically came to the Nets not to work during the regular season, who found himself working because of Kyrie and his stance on the vaccine and Durant's injury. So that situation imploded. Yes, now the vaccine mandate is lifted in New York. He still can't play if they somehow match up against Toronto. You've got all these teams jockeying to avoid playing Toronto, who will likely is projection-wise, and of course, this could always change in this final week of the NBA season. Projection-wise, it could all change when it comes down to it, but Toronto looks like it's the sixth seed. You might see NBA teams in this final week jockeying to find ways of not being in the three seed Because they have players unvaccinated who may not be able to play in Toronto. As crazy as that sounds, this is not the craziest thing in terms of a tanking situation to avoid a certain seed matchup in the first round. I can't believe I'm saying this, but yes, in the NBA this year, you could have teams jockeying to avoid playing a squad because of the uh of Canada's stance overall. We'll see, but the way it shapes up for the Nets is they're going to be stuck playing in the playing tournament because of 
the decisions Kyrie made, Durant's inability to be the leader of the team, and James Harden essentially quitting on the team and feigning a calf injury and, you know, the world's longest hamstring injury on top of that, too. He had a calf and a hamstring injury uh, that dated back to last year, for crying out loud. As to why James Harden was out of shape the entire year. And now he's actually hearing it from uh, the Philly fans because he chose to go to Philly to play with Joel Embiid. The Philly fans are getting on his case because they're wondering why with Joel Embiid playing the way he is, the Sixers are not demonstrably better yet. It's a great question. We'll see if Harden saving up what is whatever he has in the gas tank for the playoffs. I doubt that that's going to happen, but, you know, we'll see. Because this is the first place he's actually facing heat, and it's not as though he's exactly warming up to Philly either. So, again, I laughed when this trade happened because I felt as though neither party really knew what they were going to be in for. Now, because the Nets don't really have fans, uh, Ben Simmons has been able to skate by with this uh, nonsense of not wanting to play. And I, I take offense to this one because, uh, you know, there are plenty of people who deal with mental distress throughout uh, life and, you know, and their struggles. There are real cases of this. Ben Simmons situation is the fact that he doesn't want to deal with any criticism of his lack of work product and effort to improve on certain skill sets and doesn't want to show up to work. To me, that's insulting. So I, I am not going to play like a lot of people in the media are just going to uh, play have been placating him. I'm just not going to do that. It, 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 to me, it's in it's an insult to people who have actual problems to even suggest that Ben Simmons issues are even remotely mental health related. I, I just think it's a farce. So I'm just not going to do it. I have, I've consistently ripped on this. This is a, an entitlement issue and an attitude issue because someone cannot take even the slightest criticism and won't actually do basic job functions related to his workplace. Can't, cannot accept it. So no, I I am waiting with glee to see when the Nets get bounced from the playoffs because I'll be perfectly honest with you. I don't trust Kyrie's uh, uh, ability to stay healthy, missing as many games as he did. Yes, he may have a couple of flashes uh, during the year, but we'll see because this Nets team doesn't play any defense. They need Kyrie and Durant to play at an exceptionally high level. And Ben Simmons has not shown up to work. The only reason why I was giving the Nets a chance was if Ben Simmons wanted to show people how wrong they were by being ready to play and playing defense. Because Kyrie and KD could take care of the offensive end. Ben Simmons could just be the role player and not the superstar everyone has been touting up to be over the years. But He's not even showing up to work. I, I I don't even know what you want me to say about this. So we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, still no Ben Simmons yet. 
I, I don't want to say I told you so, but I, I basically told you so that this guy did not want to actually work and wanted to get paid for his work this year. I, I, I don't know what else to say. I don't know what else to say. So, uh, in elsewhere in the NBA, we are fast approaching a, a situation where the Lakers are actually going to miss the playoffs. I can't believe that the Lakers are actually in this situation where they are likely to miss the playing game at this rate because they are trying to ke- chase down the Spurs for 10th in the West. I, 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 I want to repeat this. A team with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and a number of veteran players cannot even make 10th in the West. And this disaster-filled season, I I don't know what else to say. You know, we can blame Russell Westbrook all we want, but the Lakers' issues extend far beyond Russell Westbrook. They have no communication. They play no defense. Energy level on a given night is lacking. Even their young players are incapable of playing solid games. I mean... We we made fun of Malik Monk all those years in Charlotte, and guess what? Michael Jordan was right to slap him upside his head uh, on occasion. Not that we're condoning violence, but, you know, yeah, could you score the basketball? Yeah, but there are other parts of the game that you should be attunely aware of in terms of situational basketball. Malik Monk is terrible at basically every job function required to play in the NBA other than shoot the basketball. He can score. That's it. Like, you know, I want to see if there's an NBA team that's seriously considering taking uh, Malik Monk on a long-term contract because, to me, his career is shaping up perfectly for Euroball. I mean, I I don't know what else to say. Like, Taylor Horton Tucker, they gave him an extension. Euroball player. Like, there are a bunch of dudes on that roster that all they know how to do is play for their stats and try to score, don't do anything else, and they this team willingly chose to let Alex Caruso walk while trading away uh, Caldwell Pope and Kuzma, who apparently were the only players willing to defend on this roster. I, I mean, I thought maybe... The the younger guys on the roster just weren't getting any burn, and the Lakers knew that they could produce. But apparently the Lakers didn't even know their own roster before they made the Russell Westbrook trade. And I think it's important to put this into context as to how poorly of a season this panned out to be overall. Because at the end of the day, if you look at the numbers, Brooklyn open as the overall favorite to win the NBA title. They were at plus 200. Uh, I mean, at some point, it, 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 they kind of go up to 300. But, like, originally, it was uh, it was, uh, it was two to one. At, like, at, at, at the very beginning when Futures opened up on the NBA title, Brooklyn was overall number one. The other favorite to talk about was the Lakers. Lakers were five to one. They were five to one to win the NBA title. 
I, I can't. I, they're not making. They're not even making the playoffs. They were five one, and yes, they had injuries. But I just want to put into context like how ridiculous this shaped up to be. And then, you know, now if you're looking at the odds, if we kind of go through it, so in terms of the overall favorites uh, for the title, you've got the Suns at about like depending you could shop the line but it's anywhere from two and a half to one to three to one depending on your sports book the bucks are coming in at uh around five to one and then it's the nets at six to one again i think the nets are a terrible bet it's like the number on the nets still assumes that you're gonna get ben simmons i i don't believe the sports books are properly accounted for the nets I would rather take the Warriors at eight to one. Uh, in some places, you still get the Warriors at ten to one. I, I think that's still a better bet than what you're getting out of Brooklyn. The the, the Brooklyn number doesn't make a whole ton of sense to me. Uh, the Celtics are at uh, nine to ten to one, as uh, and the Heat you can get at ten to twelve to one. To me, Miami in the East of winning the title, uh, and at least uh, uh, w- winning the championship. I would look at the Heat in the East as the overall uh, bet if you want to go for an Eastern Conference team to win the NBA title and bank on the Western Conference eating each other alive. Because you got to think about it this way. In the West, you got the Suns. You have a Grizzlies team that nobody talks about. Nobody talks about in the general scope of the NBA unless you follow the NBA. Most casual fans still don't know who the Memphis Grizzlies are. John Morant is an MVP candidate, and the true actual uh, guy from the NBA draft uh, uh, from three years ago in the Zion sweepstakes that the Grizzlies won out and stole John Morant from the Knicks. I, I, I continue to believe this, that there's no way the Knicks should have been anywhere less than two in that draft. but. The Grizzlies got Morant at two. Zion, for, you know, we got to talk about the, Zion Williamson for another day uh, in the NBA just because it's a waste of time talking about it now because he's not playing. And, you know, you can argue he's trying to get himself traded, but it's the most bizarre strategy I've ever seen for a player trying to get himself traded before in NBA history, in my opinion. Uh, and the Knicks drafted R.J. Barrett at three, who I will continue to say is Tim Hardaway Jr. I don't care how good he looks in spurts. R.J. Barrett is Tim Hardaway Jr. under a different name. Slightly more athletic, but that's because he's young. He's going to age and regress into Tim Hardaway Jr. at some point. I just don't know exactly when, but R.J. Barrett is not leading your team into multiple playoff series ever. I'm sorry, Knicks fans. And I'm a Knicks fan, too, but, like, the reality situation is we got the sore end of the draft yet again uh, with that one. But the Memphis Grizzlies, as I said, number two so far in the West, yes, even higher than the Warriors, keep grinding out games. You know, they play well. They play excellent uh, defense. They're younger than the Suns overall. I look at the Grizzlies as the team where, 
yeah, I could see them winning a series against Golden State because, you know, again, you've had uh, Steph, Cur- uh, Steph Curry injured most of the year. Clay is still working his way into form. Draymond's been banged up this year. I like the Warriors, but if we're being honest with ourselves here, everyone's going to back the Warriors against the Grizzlies if you're, if you're kind of coming down to the second round of playoffs. And it's not a lock that you're you're gonna get you're you're gonna get uh that Grizzlies team uh, uh losing to the Warriors. I, I think the Warriors can get knocked out. And g- guess what? The Warriors might even find themselves in a tricky spot where if they don't hold off the Mavericks, because it's tight, it's incredibly tight in the West. If the Warrior uh, the Warriors are currently the three seed. Memphis is comfortably in the two seat, and the Suns are going to be in the overall number one. The uh, Grizzlies are, in terms of futures, they're 14, anywhere from 14 to 1 to 16 to 1. The Jazz, who are in fifth place, are 22 to 1. I, 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 look, I look at it, and I'm like, I, can't, I couldn't believe it. When I saw the number, I was like, the Jazz somehow opened the season at fourteen to one, are now at twenty two to one, and they're getting healthier. Like Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert are healthy. I don't understand the number on. Uh, if if we're looking at the West, yes, it's going to be a dogfight. But there are some teams in the West that I look at, and I'm saying to myself, if I can get the Grizzlies and the Jazz, so it was like. 15 uh, 15 to 1 on the Grizzlies, 22 to 1 on the Jazz. Those are the bets out west to win the NBA title that no one is expecting. But realistically, if you've been following along with the season as I have, those are very dangerous teams. And yes, the West is incredibly tricky to navigate. But in terms of talent level and opportunity, in terms of overall bets you can do, who are the teams that can knock off the Suns? It's the Grizzlies and the Jazz. Yes, the Warriors can knock off the Suns too. Like you know, everyone would be picking, uh, picking that. But the Warriors have a tricky road because if they don't hold off Dallas, they're stuck in a first round series against the Jazz. I think the Jazz get past Luka and the Mavericks as as well as Luka has played this year. The Jazz are an overall better team than the Mavericks. The Warriors are likely in a spot where they face. Uh, the Denver Nuggets and who should be the NBA M- MVP in uh, 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 Nikola Jokic. Jokic is an absolute monster. The Warriors will have no answer for Jokic. He's going to be able to do whatever he wants against the Warriors. And if there's a possibility that Jamal Murray is available for that opening series against the Warriors, it's a kind of coin flip matchup. I know people are, are going to pick the Warriors against the Nuggets. Because, as it says, it's just Jokic playing, and you don't, you know, Michael Porter Jr. doesn't look like he's returning. There's a possibility Jamal Murray might be work, uh, ready for the playoffs. That's a tricky series for the Warriors to navigate just because of the Jokic factor. Even, uh, you know, y- y- we can talk about how great of a defender Draymond is communicating, but size-wise, the Warriors don't have anyone to match up against the Nuggets. They're going to have to try to outscore the Nuggets, which is possible. But 
that's not a gimme series for the Warriors. And that's one where they could actually stub their toe on compared to some of these other matchups that are better fits for them in general. So, again, you're looking at the West and trying to see how some of these things uh, can uh, shape up. But, uh, you know, from my perspective, you have a kind of a a a tricky road in terms of some of these matchups because i i look at teams you know again and we could talk about the playing game but uh in terms of the playing game seeds you got the uh, timberwolves a clippers team that again if you're the lakers you have no excuses because the Clippers didn't have Kawhi Leonard the entire year. Paul George was in, injured for 90% of the season. Maybe I'll give them uh, lower that to 85%, but it's probably closer to 90 if we're being honest with ourselves here in terms of games missed uh, from Paul George because he was doing load management even before he had the core injury. So in terms of total games played, I'm pretty certain like, uh, you're getting uh, Paul George uh, somewhere at a number that is under 15 games this year total before he came back uh, uh, over the week uh, over. I want to say he came back Saturday uh, if I have that correct, but you know, it's crazy. So you got uh, the Clippers, you got the Pelicans who are, Below 500 without Zion, but, you know, still somehow made a playing game, unlike the, the Kings. And, you know, I can keep making fun of the Halliburton trade all, all day long, but, like, we don't have enough time. Uh, and the Spurs, who are rebuilding, but, yeah, technically they're in the playing game because the Lakers were that bad. But, like, that just goes to show you how bad this Lakers team has been. Uh, you know, the Lakers have to chase down this Spurs team to try to make the playing game as the 10 seed. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I, I think the uh, the Spurs literally only need one more game uh, to win, and the Lakers can't lose any more games uh, to avoid uh, missing out on the playing game. Not even make the playoffs, just to make the playing game. Uh, you know, it, it it's just, it's kind of, comical to be honest but yeah i'm looking at these nba futures and you know i look at it as like the memphis line and the utah lines to me are absurd they are as talented as any of the teams i rattled off before between phoenix milwaukee brooklyn golden state boston miami philly memphis and utah are just as talented their lines are so much higher in terms of actual opportunities that if you want to bet on a tee, dark horse tee to win the title, I'd be looking at Memphis and Utah. And if I really need to look at a team in the East, I'm looking at I'm looking at the Heat. Like it, it, it's it's all about it's about the matchups, but if you're looking at the talent of the rosters, you know. There are other ways of kind of going about it, and I'm just looking at the West, and I'm looking at the two teams that people aren't talking about that easily 
can make it to the NBA Finals, I'm looking at Memphis and I'm looking at Utah. Those are two teams you do not want to be playing in the playoffs. And they have not been getting any publicity at all from the media. So uh, they could be this year's Phoenix, if you will, uh, heading into uh, the postseason play. So that's uh, what I got for my NBA recap for those of you who have missed the bulk of the season and are only caring about the playoffs. It's shaping up to be a wide open NBA playoffs. So, you know, if you're telling me Phoenix is the prohibitive favorite and you got to rely on Chris Paul's to stay healthy for an entire playoff run, man, I don't know what to tell you. I am more comfortable backing other horses. So, yeah, you could say the, the Suns are the favorite. I just got to tell you, history and logistics point out that it's going to be somebody other than Phoenix winning. And yes, could the Bucks repeat as champions? Yeah, they could, but I, I think there are enough areas where the Bucks can stub their toe. It's not as though as uh, it's not as though as Coach Bud has actually gotten better at coaching. It's just so much uh, so more along the lines of the Bucks have been able to cruise uh, in the the East this year and not actually uh, put in the same amount of effort they have in years past. And they're still a top four seed, so it really didn't matter all that much. It's just it's going to kind of come down to who they get in their individual matchups. And, you know, as it looks, they're going to be the team facing Toronto projection-wise. But that could change drastically in this upcoming week in terms of playoff slotting. That's why it's hard to kind of give the playoff preview just because we haven't finished this final season, the uh, NBA regular season. But I just wanted to kind of give an update because folks are expecting to see the Lakers in there and it's not a lock. And people are expecting to see the Nets and it's not a lock. The Hornets and Hawks could knock out uh, the Nets. Wouldn't be a shock whatsoever on uh, on that end to see, see uh, folks uh, getting bounced. So uh, we'll see how it, everything pans out. But uh, I, I got a lot of... Uh, uh, to uh, digest still for the remainder of this uh, last week of the NBA. So we'll see how it goes, but uh, that's all I have for today. Uh, and uh, we will uh, be circling back on a couple of episodes because we got to talk about baseball uh, coming up. And obviously, I'm going to be breaking down the Masters as well uh, uh, coming up on Thursday. So plenty to discuss. So uh, stay tuned, folks, because uh, it's going to be a busy week of uh, uh, talk. So uh, thanks again for listening, and until next time, have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major outlets. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.